I kind of feel like, you know, when God gave me this message, it was just like, man, you're going to have to stay really close to me to hear what I'm going to say this week. And I'm telling you that uh, I'm so grateful to the Lord because uh, I told my wife, I says, it is Friday. It'll come. And thank God the word came. That's, that's the greatest thing that happened to me is when I can hear what the Lord want done. My spirit are peaceful and I know what the, the Lord want at this time. I believe that's how God ministers to us uh, through a word for right now. All right. So I'm, I'm teaching a series on the, on the tree of knowledge. Say that with me, the tree of knowledge. All right. Under that tree of knowledge, I taught you the first part one and part two on the knowledge of sin. We talked about that a little this morning. I'm not going to be able to go back to there, but you cannot know sin but by the law. And then we showed you that what Christ did for us. See, Christ just did not. Uh, when you say Christ saved us from our sin, most people do not understand uh, what that meant. That's why there's two deaths there. There's a physical death and there's a spiritual death. That's why the Bible says you believe Jesus Christ died for your sin. Then one place they say Christ died for our sin. So we talking about the physical man and the spiritual man. Both had to die because there were two deaths. There was two separation from God. Adam died spiritually when he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam died physically uh, we're talking about hundreds of years later, okay, in the genealogy of chapter 5. But I want to go back to where we were. Let's give you my subject first before we get anywhere. Second, last week, we talked about the knowledge of the truth. See, that's why you can only be saved by the knowledge of the truth. So why? Because how was salvation taken away from us? By the knowledge of sin. See? So the only way we can get our salvation back, we had to be leave to the acknowledging of the truth. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, that's why you have to do that. You have to believe. Let me show you that first. Let's go to 1 Timothy 2, uh, verse 3 through 7. 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 through 7. So, so when people tell you they can be, you can be saved another way, you know, that's not another way because you have to know how we lost our salvation and how we got it back. We lost our salvation through Eve, in uh, 1 Timothy 2.14 told us that Eve transgressed. Otherwise, she broke God's law. And through doing that, we entered into sin. All right? So, but we had to, she believed the lie, if I can say it that way. So the only way we can get out of that, we had to believe the truth. Say it with me. Eve believed a lie. We have to believe the truth. All right, so we are talking about today how the serpent deceived Eve. That's what we're going to deal with. How the serpent deceived Eve. So once we learn out how it happened, then we can now make sure we are not deceived. All right, now let's, let's look at 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 4. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. All right, First Timothy. First Timothy chapter number 2, verse 3. We're looking at the King James now, okay? First Timothy chapter 3, chapter 2, verse 3 says, For this is God's will and acceptable, is God's good will and acceptable 
in the sight of God our Savior. Who would have all men to be saved? Then he told you how they're going to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. His will is that all men to be saved. Well, how is it going to happen? Come to the knowledge of the truth. Come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at 1 Timothy 4.3. See, Timothy is filled with uh, this word. He won't man save. How is it going to happen? He got to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, how did he lose his salvation? Through the knowledge of sin. All right. So the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 4.3. Just go look at one verse there. He says, uh, Forbidden to marry, this is how it was in the, in the last days. Forbidden to marry, commanded to abstain from meat, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving to them which believe and know the truth. So see, when you're saved, it's because you know the truth. Remember that because Jesus taught on that, you shall know the truth. John chapter 8, verse 30 through 36, the old disciple that believed on him, he said to them, if you follow after me, believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about the truth. They had to come to the knowledge of the truth. Here in uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 7. Let's look at one more. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 7. Then we're going to move on. You have to come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 7. When Paul taught that, he taught on how it would be in the last time in verse 5. Go back to verse 5. Having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof from search turn away. For this sort are they which creep into houses, lead captive silly women, laden with sin, led away with divers lusts. Now that's why we're dealing with this spirit, because they're led away with divers lusts, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's why people uh, not say they never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, that's why I told you this morning, you cannot be saved believing the law is okay and grace is okay. You got to believe one or the other. Law, you were never under the law. Israel was under the law. The law was not given to you. The law brought the curses. Let me show you one more on that. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. So you cannot, you cannot be under the law. If you're still thinking the law is okay, you put yourself under the curse. The law had curses. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross. All right. So we are talking about part five and part six today. Uh, we get this morning was part five. That this afternoon is part six. How the serpent begot Eve. That's what I want to show you today. Uh, Galatians chapter three and verse 10. Watch what it says. It says, for as many as of the works of the law, watch this, are under the curse. So you, that's what happened to Israel. They wanted a curse. The, the law was not good because the law was not of faith. And, what, and the law also brought man into sin. Paul said, I never knew sin. I did not know sin, but by the law. See, if you go and think, open yourself up to the law, you open yourself up to sin. You see, you, it's, not, it's not a game you're playing with God. You, 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 it's your soul. And you'll see what happened if, if, with your soul. You're gambling. That's what you're doing. And that's what you're gambling with Satan, not with nobody else, because God already set you free. Now, we're going to show you again how he set us free. We're going to go back to where I left off this morning, Galatians, not Galatians, Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to show you a verse that we was on. We're going to do this at the NLT, because when people talk about sin, it's not just I stopped doing a few things. You got to understand when you dealt with sin, you dealt with nature. Say, so when you dealt with sin, you dealt with nature. 
See, that's what Christ did. When Christ came and, and delivered us from sin, he gave us a new nature. See, when a man is not saved, the only difference that man, when he's not saved, he has not gotten rid of or changed his old nature. So that's why the Bible said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, so all that person you have to do is, 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 is receive Christ in his heart, believe Christ, death, and resurrection of God's finished work for his life. And what happened is God give you a new nature. You, you, you take off the old man, you put on a new man. That's what salvation is. So in Colossians chapter 2, I want to go to verse 13. Uh, and I want to look at the NLT, Colossians 2.13. Are you there? Are you looking at the screen? All right, here we go. You were dead because of your sin. This, this is what I'm coming to this camera. This is where we were. We were dead because of our sin, because of our sinful nature. And... I'm sorry, and be, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, cut away. See, that's what circumcision was. It was a type and a shadow of the cutting away of the old nature. So when God had Israel to be circumcised, to be in the, his new, his covenant, they had to be circumcised. That's the old covenant. To be in that covenant, to be circumcised, that's a type and a shadow of what would happen in the new covenant. But it would not happen with the foreskin. It would happen with the nature. All right, because that's where nature began with the man. Okay, all right, and then the next part it says, "Then God, we in Colossians chapter two, verse thirteen. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins." Now, how did He do it? He canceled the record of the charges against us, took it out the way, nailed it to His cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers. And authorities, he shamed them publicly by this victory over them on the cross. Now, we're going to back up to my verse I really wanted because I didn't really do it. Uh, let's go to uh, verse 10. We're going to back up uh, to Colossians 2.10. We read not the NLT, Colossians 2.10. All right, it says, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. This is the verse I want, verse 11. You were circumcised, but not with a physical procedure. See, the Old Testament, they used a physical procedure, which is a type and the shadow of spiritual circumcision. Remember, everything in the Old Testament is a type and shadow of what God fulfilled in the New Covenant. All right? So he says, so you also are complete now. And then verse 11 says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not with a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. Remember, Christ, this is your salvation. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. Here it is, the cutting away of your sinful nature. So when you got born again, that's how you was born again. God cut away your sinful nature. For you are buried with Christ when you were baptized. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. Not going to be baptized today. He's talking about what happened at the cross. That's God's finished work. See, Romans chapter 6 told you was buried with Christ. That's why I tell you, Colossians chapter 3, you were buried with Christ. All of these times, watch this in verse number 11. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not with a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and you and with him 
you were raised to a new life because of your, you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins, once again, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. So when Christ saved you, what did he do? He cut away your old sinful nature. Somebody give the Lord a great big hand for his work. That's how he saved you. See, he, he saved you from the body of sins. Not just, you know, I don't do this anymore. He took the whole body off. He took the whole old man off. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, let's go, to the, go into the word of God. Now, my wife, you can find me that. Uh, in the, it talked about the body of sin, the body of sin, Romans chapter uh, 6 or 7, the body of sin. So I want to begin with the end. All right. Now, what does it mean to say the serpent beguiled Eve? The word beguiled means he corrupted her mind. We're going to show you what that means. I gave you this morning, we're supposed to be at Matthew, I think, right now, 7, 15 through 20. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 15 through 20. Did I skip anything? Matthew, chapter 7. All right. Because he's showing you how it happened. He's showing you how it happened. Because we, we showed you the Colossians, chapter 2, verse 4, verse 8, verse 18. He said, let no man deceive you. So we know deception, although he used the serpent in the old covenant, the serpent spirit now works through people. Okay? So that's what you got to understand. So he corrupted her mind. Now I'm going to show you that. Uh, and he did that by beguiling her. False prophets, false apostles. Paul talked about it this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. We gave you that this morning. Paul talked about We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 1 through 4, and then I'm going to connect with verse 15 through 17, Colossians chapter, 2 Corinthians 11, 12 through 15. All right, we're going to do the first four verses, then we're going to go down and look at verse 12 through 15. We're going to show you the false apostles. We'll show you how they worked against Paul in the New Covenant. All right, just like they worked against Moses in the Old Covenant. This word to see means to lead in the error. Now, that's the whole purpose is that leads you in the area. You're talking about your mind now. It's that it leads you away from the word. See, a lot of people go to this ministry. A lot, a lot of people go to this ministry. Some people are just led astray. They don't want to accept it, but a lot of people just led astray. You know, and a lot of people have accepted, I don't have to go to church. You see, that, those are the kinds of things that happen in, in the beginning church. Uh, in the Old Testament, Paul's told them, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, which is the manner of some is, because they saw the day approaching. They saw that the Lord was coming. They just stopped going to church. They just started waiting. They, they don't want to miss the Lord. You see, no, when you're a believer, you have responsibility, not just to yourself, but to other believers. That's what you got to understand. We had a young lady that came here this morning, came to be a part of this ministry, was sitting back this morning. What was her name, you remember? Veronica, give her a big hand. She came this morning to be a part of our ministry. So we think we, we can see people come. But what would happen if nobody was here? See, she come. What if she the only somebody came to church this morning? Nobody was here. She might have sat back there, but she didn't. Thank God she got up and walked to the front and said, I want to be a part of this ministry. So that's what. See, you got to understand, you have responsibility to other believers. All right. Uh, so that word beguile means to deceive by leading the error. 
It's to mingle the truth of God's word, watch this, with false doctrine. It's the, it's the, it's the word bewitched. See, Paul used that word in Galatians chapter 3. You can put that down. We'll go look at that in a moment. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 5. Paul used that term bewitched. And that term has the same quotation, uh, quotation of something. Be, they mingle stuff together. So when people take law and grace to mingle together, then that's where you get corruption. So you got to understand something. That's why people teach corruption. Their heart is corrupted. What they do? They're trying to keep the law and they're trying to preach to you grace. That's a corrupted word come out of their heart. See, if the word is pure, it's all grace. Now, how do I know this? Because your pastor been there. I had to come to a place to realize God had to show me. He said, son, you can't teach that. You're going to have to get that stuff. Me and my wife, you don't, you don't know what go through a pastor household when he go and tell his wife, I can't baptize no more. Remember, me and my wife, we had to go through this, right, wife? My wife looked at me and said, don't talk to me no more. I'm telling you just like that. Don't talk to me no more. She said, I don't know what got into you. Don't talk to me no more. I said, honey, God got into me. He said, oh, I know that, but where are you coming up with all this stuff from? Pastor, we've been believing this stuff all our, all, all our ministry. Uh, communion on the table and water baptism. You tell me we're, gonna do, we're not going to do that no more? I mean, she got right up in my face. I'm trying to tell you something. So this crumb got right up in my face and says, Will, are you sure? I looked her in the face. I said, honey, I am 100% sure. I know. When God showed me, he showed me not to do it anymore. Me and my wife had to come to one accord. It took us some time, didn't it, honey? This is not, I know what you were going to go through. Because I know what I went through at home. And then I said, honey, I need to talk about something. Don't talk to me no more. Am I right, honey? That's what we came to. And I said, honey, God doing a work in your husband. I'm telling you right now, God showed me in the word that I can't do it no more because it's law. He showed me in the word that what I'm doing in the church is law. And if as long as I keep law, grace can't abound. I can't do it. See, what we're looking at, we had to pay $20,000 a month for a church. I know what she was looking at. How are we going to do this? And all the people are leaving. Don't you see all them people left when we stopped doing communion at the table? I said, yeah, I saw them walk out on me. What do you think going to happen? You telling me not baptized no more. I said, they're going to walk out. That's what I'm telling you. What if you're wrong? I said, I'm not wrong. I said, but what if I'm right? Hallelujah. Listen, when God show you something in the word, you got to believe the truth. See, that's what happened with me. God showed me in the word. And that's all I said to God is, Lord, show me in the word. Once he showed me in the word, then I was able to believe the truth. Amen. All right, let's get into the word. Some people don't know about children church if you don't tell them, right? You know, I'm just talking off the screen, you know, praise the Lord. All right. Now, how did the serpent beguile, deceive Eve? How did he do it? See, how did he do it? He deceived her. He mingled the truth. He mingled the truth with false doctrine. See, that's why Paul would tell, let me show you a verse. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 15. In the book of Acts chapter 15, 
We're going to take you to verse 1. Let me show you in Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 15, Paul had a problem, and Paul knew, I can't let them do this, because if they do this, it's not going to work. You can't get people say preaching them law and grace. You can't get people say doing what? Preaching law and grace. Can't do it. Acts chapter 15, verse 1. Watch what happened. Paul knew it. He's preaching grace and the people trying to preach law. He's letting them know you can't do it. See, the people didn't mind about them having circumcision as long as they preach Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's okay as long as you circumcise them. See, that's how people talk. That's how people think. Pastor, I don't mind about you preaching Christ's death, burial, and resurrection as long as we baptize the people. Well, as long as you baptize the people, you just, you just violated what you believe. Which one you believe? See, what we don't want to do, we don't want to turn our back on one and then we don't want to turn forward with the other. See, once you get married, there is no more girlfriend. There is no more being nice. That's my best friend. You know, we're we just good buddy. We grew up together. No. You got a wife. That's your best friend. You don't need to be on the phone with the other woman. See, what we try to do is we come on. You need to clap your hand. This ain't no game. Once you get married, you got to tell the other girl, I am married and I'm not calling you no more. Well, that's my best friend. There is no such thing as a best friend when you get married. Male or female. As a matter of fact, that's who your wife becomes. See, we don't want the truth. That's all. You know, if I said something, I'd say, stand ovation. But I give you truth, I get a. No, no. That's my wife. That's my best friend. Everything I need to talk about, I talk about it to her. I don't need to be on the phone talking to another woman about my business. If another woman ever going to want your husband or your wife, it's because you always on the phone talking to them about them. Oh, my husband, my husband. She's going to say, oh, I take him. I take her. Acts chapter 15, are you ready? Acts chapter 15, verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren. Here it is. Except you be circumcised after the man of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now, they didn't never speak against Paul preaching Christ, death, being resurrection. Oh, it's okay. You can do that. But don't put down the law of Moses. See, that's what contaminates the word. That's what people give you when it's called poison. See, if you ever, ever, if you ever seen, you, don't go by it, rat poison, pesticides. See, there are different kinds of poisons. And poison can be inhaled, swallowed, absorbed through your skin. It can be injected. It can splash into the eyes. But I'm going to tell you something today as a country boy that I found out this morning. I found out an antidote to poison. It's called activated charcoal. Now I'm giving you something that the Holy Ghost had to show me. 
And, I, and I, he showed me, he said, activated charcoal is an antidote for poison. So when a person been poisoned, how do you make activated charcoal? See, I'm a country boy. We used to put coal in the fire called charcoal. Y'all barbecue don't even know what you're buying. When you barbecue, you barbecue with charcoal. The same stuff you cooking your food with. That's why you like it so. It get all and blacken all your meat and blacken all your food. It's called charcoal. It leaves a film. But that same film killed a poison disease in your body. Sometime Google. Maybe you will believe Google. You don't believe your pastor. But I'm going to show you something. My wife used to burn, and I'm not saying this here to put her down, but my wife would, would, would say, oh, my God, I left the bread in the oven too long. It, it got black. I said, that's good. Give it to me. She said, honey, you can't eat this black bread. Listen, the way you get charcoal is to black off the bread. The way you get charcoal is to black off the toast. When you're blacking a toast and eat it, you're eating charcoal. See, some of y'all get educated today. Don't underestimate the old man up here. See, you got to understand something. When you go Google the word activated charcoal, it's going to tell you you can get it through burnt toast. It will destroy the poison that's in your system. There's a lot of morphine, but I'm not here to talk about the burnt toast this morning. I don't want you to be like, I'm not eating no more toast that's not burnt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Honey, just put it in the oven, burn it up. Because it kills poison in the body. See, once you go and Google tell you, you're going to be like, oh, my pastor's smart. No, your pastor's smart without Google. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, now let's go to work. Now, but the key would be this. How did the enemy poison her with the words? He used law and grace. That's what Paul is really getting at. See, what did Eve do? Eve was already in the grace of God, but she went out and she ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which was the law. And when she mixed the law and grace, it killed her, corrupted her heart. And that's what you got to understand. That's what false prophet does. So that's why I gave you Acts chapter 15, except you be circumcised. You cannot be saved. You got to keep the law of Moses. See, that's what people are still saying today. You got to be water baptized. That's the law of Moses. You got to eat the bread for table and drink the wine. That's the law of Moses. Now, it's okay. We, we still preach Christ, death, bed, and resurrection, but you still got to be water baptized in Jesus' name. See, what are you doing? You're corrupting the word of God. You're making the word of God a non-effect. See, that's what the book of Rome, that's what the book of Roman uh, uh, told you. You make the word of God none effect. All right, that's Romans 117, I think it was. All right, but, but let's move on. No, not 17, 14, 13, 14. All right, but let's move on. I gave you Matthew chapter 7. I got so much word here. Uh, Matt, let's go to Matthew 7. See, what does it mean to make the word of God none effect? You corrupt the word of God so it does not work. Matter of fact, let me go show you that first. I, I said it. First Corinthians chapter one. 
Verse 17, I think. I think I kept saying Romans 1, 17. I think it's 1 Corinthians. Let's show you that. 1 Corinthians 1, 17. See, the Bible said the gospel, 1 Corinthians 1, 17. The Bible said the gospel of Christ is the power of God. How many, know, how many heard that? Romans 1, 16. My wife quoted pretty much every Sunday. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. The, power, the very power of God. And yet, it won't work if it's mixed with religion tradition of men. The very power of God can't heal you, can't save you, if you mix it with law. Oh my God. Watch this. Romans chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 17. It's on the screen. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of word. Why would he put the wisdom of words there? Because if I use the wisdom of word, I'm going to corrupt the word of God. That's why I keep telling you. You see people on the poor pits and they walk the poor pit and they just give you all kind of instrument to play to keep you busy so when they don't have anything to say. They, they're not giving you no word. They give you what they say and what Bebe did and, and what Bebe children did and, and, and why you got to get rid of these folk in your life and what? That's all you got. And you just jumping up and down. No word. They're not ministering to you the word. You don't have to have a Bible in your hand. And yet people drawn to that. And don't realize it for their lives. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words. Watch this. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of non-effect. Isn't that something? The cross is the power of God. And if you tell people you can get water baptized and then go get and believe Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and then go get water baptized, now Christ's death, burial, and resurrection lost his power. Because which one is really for your salvation? You're using law and grace. See, the cross is the power of God to save you, and yet it won't work if you use religion to go with it. That's what they did in Old Covenant. It's okay, Paul. They wanted Paul. They told Paul, oh, it's okay. It's okay to preach, preach your message as long as the people be circumcised. They keep the law of Moses. And Paul said, no, we're only going to do one or the other. Let me show you this in Galatia. I, I forgot Matthew 7. Let's go to Galatia 3. See, this is, this is what happened here. These people wanted grace. But at the same time, they want it long. See, this is what happens with people that go to the churches. They come in here, they get the message on the grace of God. Then they go sit over and have communion on first Sunday. You make the word of God not in fact. You corrupt the word of God in your life. You are playing with your life. That's what people are doing. They say, oh, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not really against water baptism. Now, you know the Holy Ghost hear you. Oh, I'm not really against water baptism myself. Well, I think we still ought to do it. Well, what about the cross? Well, I still think we ought to do that too. Oh, you trying to serve two masters. See, that's what you're doing. You don't realize out of your own mouth. You don't know what you believe. Well, let me ask you another way. Do you really love Sister Crump? I mean, I think she's a great girl. I think she's a great woman. 
well, what about the other woman you had when you were in high school or college? I, well, I think she's great. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Both of them great? You, you, you just said your wife is a great woman of God. Well, I think she's... Wait a minute. What, what do you really think? See, the key is, if, if that's my wife, I don't have to think about nobody else. I know what I think over here. See, that's why Paul wrote Romans chapter 7. Because you're saved from the law by the body of Christ. That's why he read, wrote you Romans chapter 6. You're saved from sin by the body of Christ. Once you became the body of Christ, you have left sin. Once you came into the body of Christ, you left the law. That's what Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 7 for. You can't have the law and sin. Uh, you can't have, I'm sorry, you can't have Christ and sin. You can't have Christ and the law. And that's what people say. Are you telling me you don't sin no more? That's just like asking me, are you telling me you don't have a woman on your side? Come on, Reverend. Are you telling me you ain't got a girlfriend, Reverend? See, people just can't believe that you can be saved without a girlfriend. Well, you, look, you, all, you don't have to clap for me. I can clap for myself. See, I don't believe in that. I believe once I said I do, I do. And if I didn't do, I should not have said I do. When a man get married, he has chosen who he wanted. When a woman get married, she, out of all the men in the world, you come mess with me and got married. Why, why you mess with me if you want somebody else? Why mess up my life? Come on, light, somebody. Give me a, give me a light on, a, give me a flashlight or something. This ain't no game, man. The Bible said our God is a jealous God. And you go back through Israel history. Why was he angry with them so much? Because they made images and idols and followed those things saying, these be my God. And you got God saying, for real? When you came across that Red Sea, I'm the one brought your behind over here. <laughs> now you want to get over here talking about these be my God. Wouldn't you have got mad? You've been taking care of somebody 50 years, you found out that, let me move on. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. What is Paul doing? He had a problem with them. Friendship with the world. If you heard James, that's what James talked about. You can't be a friend with the world and marry the Christ. That's why I talked last month. Come out from among them. People don't understand. This ain't no game. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Bewitched. Pastor, we watched that. We were growing up in school. I know it. We should, still shouldn't be watching it. Well, how did, how did they bewitch him? That they do not obey the truth. When people do not obey the truth, they've been bewitched. For you not to believe in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection to be saved, listen, you have been bewitched. So when somebody tell me, well, I, I believe in baptizing in Jesus' name, you've been bewitched. I believe baptism in Christ's name and the blood of Jesus. I believe in the, well, I believe in the baptizing Jesus. You don't know what you believe. 
you've been bewitched. I believe I supposed to be eating the bread off the table and drinking the wine. I'm a Christian. You've been bewitched. Now you can say what you want to say, but I'm telling you what the word says. The word says, oh foolish Galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth. The truth is the cross, death, bed, and resurrection of Christ. That's the only truth in this book. Anything else, you've been bewitched. Paul said, the truth before who I, Jesus Christ, has been evident and set forth crucified among you. He said, look, that's the, that's, that's the truth, Christ's death, being the resurrection. Anything else, you've been bewitched. This only will I learn of you. How do you receive the Spirit? By the works of the law? Are you telling me Acts 2.38 is how you got the Holy Ghost? See, people will tell you that you go back there, the, the Holy Ghost came up on them. We, we, go, we go right into your book. Hold your finger right there. Acts 2.38. We come right back. See, people, people talk this stuff to you, but they don't show you the book. They're told, oh, you, you, you got the Holy Ghost, brother. The book didn't say you had the Holy Ghost. He said they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2. The baptism with the Holy Ghost is for service. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Is for sonship, relationship. Acts chapter 2. Are you there? In verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. Repent. See, that's what church folks trying to do today. There is no repentance in the new covenant salvation. I know I'm not going to get not one one. It's okay. I understand. I'm the preacher. But if you repented to get saved, you did some works. And that's what people are trying to do. They're trying to add their little bit into God's salvation. God's salvation is free. You didn't have to repent to get it. You didn't have to get water baptized to get it. You didn't have to eat bread off the table to get it. You didn't have to do nothing to get it. And that's where a lot of church are right now. They're still trying to hold on to repent to be saved. It's not going to work. Repent is your work. Then Peter said to them, then Peter said to them Jews, then tell you, by grace you were saved, you were saved at the cross. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he saved you from hell. And you here trying to repent to be saved, you are burning hell in the new covenant. I'm sitting down telling you, I'll be older than you in a minute. Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. To them, to them Jews. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, watch this, for the remission of sin. What are they repenting of? What are they, what they doing so they can receive the forgiveness of sin? Well, how did you receive your forgiveness of sin? That's why I need you to talk. You didn't receive no forgiveness of sin because you repented. You received forgiveness of sin because he went to the cross and he died on the cross. It's about time you start acting up and owning up to who you love. I love you, Jesus. I'll get her up here in a minute, girl. Don't tell you. By the time you own up to who you love. Somebody talking about repent to be saved, you own that crowd. Baptized in water in Jesus' crowd, you with that crowd. Christ died for my sin, you on that crowd. Well, what crowd are you on? 
These people over here repenting and being baptized, they believe you're saved in the name of Jesus. They believe that you got to believe in the name of Jesus Christ to be saved. You got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to be saved. That's not your salvation. I said it's not your salvation. Your salvation is when Christ died on the cross and he was buried and God raised him from the dead for your justification. You didn't do nothing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When you say I repented to be saved, you did something. When I, people say I was baptized to be saved, well, you're still saying you did something. When you add what you did to what God did, it become a deception. This is what happened to Eve. This is what happened to Eve. This is what happened when you have rat poison. 99% of it is real food. It's just a little 1% that got him. You don't have to put a lot of poison with food. You'd be surprised how much poison you put in rat food. Anybody Google that next week, let me know. You take rat food, you put just a drop of poison in it, and that's all they got it. The fool was so he eat the poison. He didn't give him the poison to eat the food. He gave him the food to eat the poison. Eat all the foods you want as long as you die food when you get through. Come on now, I specialized there. I specialized. I stayed up all night and caught them boys. Till I realized all I had to do was buy that little old box. Sit that box in that corner and let him eat a little bit of that. Sit back and say, now you watch where you go from here. <laughs> I guarantee you that boy, they'll get you. Yes, sir. That boy so bad he got one on the picture like this. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Because that's what got him. It's the poison that got him. That's what false doctrine is. That's what law is. My God Almighty, I don't think you hear what I'm saying. See, you can sit around and eat all the grace you want, but you take one bite of that law, it's going to kill you. Yes. By the law is a knowledge of sin. Eve died because she ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That law killed her. That's why Paul said the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And we people just don't know what they're playing with. I'm not going to church with you ever. Amen. If your pastor not preaching grace, I'm not going ever. Amen. I don't know why pastor come. I ain't going. I'm, you're not going to kill me up in here. Tell your pastor preach grace and then I come. Preach law. Amen. I'm going to go for a while. When they, when they grab that long sword out there, long get ready to kill some folk. Excuse me. My wife will tell you, we've been to a lot of churches. I tell my wife, I said, we're going to sit back and be cool. Because if he's if he preaching grace, we'll be here a while. But if he come out with that law, we out of here. Because the first thing law do is question the word. 
That's the first thing the devil said in, in Genesis chapter 3. Has God said? They questioned the word. Jesus' whole ministry was from the Pharisee, the Sadducee, and the scribe. They followed him around questioning the word. Let's get back on track. 2 Corinthians, I gave you that, right? Chapter 11, let's get over there. Y'all have to help me, because if it don't, I'll be here, hither and thither. <laughs> Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. See, my job, see, my job is, this is past, this is what pastoring is. And I'm not standing here to put you down, but I'm trying to tell you what pastoring is, because people don't know. Pastoring means guarding the word. And guarding the word that gets to the people. That's what pastor means. So when you don't know the word, you'd be hard to preach here. I'm going to have ministers class. Matter of fact, the first October always been announced. Hope you come. Because I want to know what you know. I want you to know what I know. So when people say, Pastor, never let me preach. You need to ask Pastor why. As a matter of fact, let's do it another way. Mom and daddy never let me drive. You need to ask mom and daddy why you never let me drive. I want to live myself. <laughs> ain't, that ain't a bad answer, is it? You know, here it is, you're in this nice airplane, and I mean, it's just nice. You got a private jet, and you get mad because mama don't let you drive. And mama said, I'm saying like, child, I want to live. Just because you got a license don't mean you can fly. Just because you got a license don't mean you can drive. That's why I tell people, when you're going to go, the first thing I do, my wife will tell you, I have all my kids, the first thing we did was, the first car they got was, I don't care if you tear it up. That's the kind of car we got you. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you call home and say, somebody hit me, I ask you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. All right, then, we'll bring the rest of it home. <laughs> I want to make sure you're okay. See, when parents go out and buy kids a brand new car and they first get saved, that's, that's up to you. Don't get mad when they tear it up. Because you already know they can't drive. Give them, I can't drive car first. That's what you do first. You give them an I can't drive car. Make sure it get where they got to go and get home. But when they say, Mama, somebody hit me in the side. Are you okay? Okay, we'll tow the rest home. We all right? You all right? All right. See, we saw this happen. My wife, my, my daughter Renee, my daughter Renee had her mother's car. My mother just got this car. Red Pontiac Firebird. Just got it. My wife said, oh, I like this. It wasn't a brand new one, but it was really nice. My daughter called me, Renee said, oh my God. That's where they put an arrow down there on the M59. What, what's that street down there? Perry Street, Street Model of the King. That's Renee Light. <laughs> That's why we got that arrow. 
My wife said, a, she said, a guy ran it like, you didn't get no ticket. She could make a left hand turn. The guy ran it like, pow. She, she called, see, you hear, you hear. Hey, she called, she called my wife. She said, oh, my wife said, what's going on? Uh, she said, I told you call. My wife said, are you okay? I'm okay. That's okay. We told the rest in. No, I know she said, why you tell my car? But we wasn't rubbing no car. Now, that's what, she, that's what my wife said to her. Why you tell my car? Listen, the, key, the girl is okay. We get, we get another car. But that's how you have to. See, parents got to learn this lesson. All my kids got clunkers. Clunk one, clunk two, clunk three. Once they show me they can do that, I bought them a brand new one. All my kids, I bought a brand new car. They didn't get no brand new in the first car. That's, you got to learn. You got to learn. Or else you got a lot of money. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I got 12 minutes. I got to go back to work. Nice talking to y'all though. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now watch this thing because I'm getting ready to show you something here. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. When Paul began to see this in, in chapter 11, he remembered the church. He remembered what happened. Second Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to move down there in uh, verse number two. He says, I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I, I, I espouse you. I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste version of Christ. And then in verse three, he said, but I feel this came over his heart. He says, let's. By any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, see, he's bringing them to remember. Like the serpent beguiled Eve, he told them how it happened through subtlety. Yeah, look at that word real good. It's through subtlety. All that's, all that's good. So your minds... So this enemy is, sub, is substantial. He says, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Now, what's the simplicity that's in Christ? Christ's death, Christ's burial, Christ's resurrection. So when the enemy can get you off of that and away from that, he corrupted your mind. You everybody understand that? So you stand up and say, Oh, what I, how, what I believe to be saved. Well, I believe you got to be back. You just, you just, you're done. You just renounce your salvation. See, when you stand up and say, I believe in water baptism for my salvation, you just renounce the cross. You just, you just say, I'm not saved. So when somebody tell you they believe in water baptism for salvation, what you doing sitting up in there? I have a problem with that. Well, you know, we friend girls, we girlfriend, we go to church together. You going to hell together with them too? That's what I want to know. You going to hell too? You have to tell people that look, 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 dear, you're my friend, but I ain't going to hell for you. Okay, I'm not coming up in there. I'm not coming up in there. Because I'm giving credit to what he preaching. Let me say it again. When you go to a church, 
you are giving credit to what they are preaching. And if you don't agree what they're preaching, what you doing up in there? You know, that's just like you a pastor of a church. There you up in the bar, nightclub. What you doing in there? Ain't nobody need to be saved in the dark. See, we got this thing. We go, the thrill is gone. You're you, you going to get up in and save the person while they listen to the, drinking a beer, listen to the thrill is gone. I don't think so. No, you just wait till they come out. Sin lies as a dope. Wait till they come out. All right, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's go down and look at the latter part. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul's talking in verse 10. Let's go down to verse 10. He said, As the truth is in Christ Jesus, as the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, God forbid, but what I do, that I do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such a false apostle. Paul didn't mind by saying that. You got to understand something. When I minister you law and grace, it makes me a false apostle. It makes me a false preacher, false. When I minister you law and grace to be saved. Search of false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed. His ministers, Satan's ministers. That's why we go to Matthew 7 next. Be also transformed as the minister of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. So let's go look at the works, shall we? Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Their end is according to their works. Because if they are a good tree, they should have good fruit. See, we look at the folk and we see and we still don't want to accept it. Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware, going to come this scam. Jesus, see a lot of folk don't believe them but the red. Beware false prophets. Now he told them more than 2,000 years ago, Beware of false prophets. Well, it's the same way today. You got to beware of false prophets. But the key is, you don't know a false prophet when you see one. And then when you see one, you lie yourself out of it. Oh, they all right. That man going to kill you with his word and he's all right. How do I know he's a false prophet? Here it is. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing. But in one they are raveling wolves. Jesus is talking to them about the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and scribes, and they were standing probably right around that area. You said, beware of them. You shall know them by their fruits. That word fruits means works. You shall know them by their works. And then he's going to ask you a question. Do men gather grapes of thorns? Trying to get them to think. You don't get grapes off a thorn tree. I mean, snap out of it, witcher. 
When you go get figs, you don't get figs off the thistles. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. I mean, he's trying to get him to snap out of it. Do you understand? If the tree is good, the fruit is good. If the fruit is evil, something wrong with the tree. Why is he dealing with trees? Because this is what happened in the garden. Eve ate from a tree of knowledge of good and evil. A false prophet who preached the law. See, she ate of that tree of law. She ate of it. And that's what people are doing today. See, it's going to come a day if, you, if, you, if you're not preaching grace, your church is going to be shutting down. Once people understand that I'm not going to sit up in that church while you preach to me law and grace, Reverend. Now, either you start preaching grace or I'm out of here. But I'm not going to eat from a tree that preaches a mixture. We, we're going to get into this. This is just a beginning. I'm doing a series on the tree of knowledge. I'm just doing part six. You got to come to understand something. This is not a game. You got to learn great. If you're going to preach here, and I want you to preach here. I, I want you to understand. My wife will tell you, I want you to preach here. There'll come a day when I want to sit down. But I would not sit down until we get people to preach grace. Amen. When you show me you're going to preach grace... I sit down and let you preach grace. If you don't know how to preach grace, come to my office. Go to my storehouse. Talk to the brother Charles Crump down there, Junior. Middle name Amos. And tell him you want the grace. And he'll give you a whole counter full. And get yourself ready to preach the grace of Christ. Because this church ain't eating nothing else. We, we are not eating nothing else. Sister Crump, what you call it, grace what? Life. We eat this the grace life. Amen. And if you don't feed me grace in here, you're trying to kill me. I'm not going to church to die. I'm going to church to live. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. Verse number 17, even so, back to this camera, even so, every good tree bringing forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bring forth evil fruit. The only way that tree can bring forth evil fruit, it have to be a corrupt tree. And you got to understand something. When, when is the heart corrupted? We're going to go to James. Find me that in James. James told me about that. It should not bring forth both of those things out of one heart. Talked about the fountain. See, if the heart, if, if the heart is corrupt, the message is corrupt. You can't be a minister of grace and preach law just like you can't be a minister of law and preach grace. If you got a heart 
filled with the Spirit, you will preach grace. This is what Paul is telling you. Paul said the reason why I'm not preaching y'all grace because I've been changed. God has filled my heart with the grace of God. And when your heart is filled with grace, you know you're not saved by your works because you did nothing. You don't even deserve to be saved. So you can't preach nothing but grace and mercy and truth. <coughs> Somebody say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 7. A good tree. I like that. Verse 18. Cannot. Cannot. A good tree. Cannot. Bring forth evil fruit. It can't do it. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good tree, good fruit. It can't do it. Coming down. If that tree is corrupt, it cannot bring forth evil fruit, good fruit. If that person's heart is corrupt, it cannot preach grace. Did you hear what I said? If the heart is corrupt, you can't preach grace. The only way Paul could preach the grace of God, God had to deal with his heart and fill his heart with grace. That's why John 1, 17, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Once grace, once Christ come in your heart, he fills the heart with grace. He fills your heart with truth. You can't have an evil heart and preach grace. That's why you don't see many people preaching grace. Got to have a new heart. Verse 19, Matthew 7, 19. Every tree, I like Jesus, that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. That's where they will end. Verse 20 says, by their fruits, you shall know them. And that's why people see it. They'll see it. They'll watch television and watch that man every day, seven days a week. Watch that woman seven days a week. Get up there and just corrupt you. And know that ain't no preaching no grace and truth. And folks, watch that stuff. Somewhere down the line, you got to come to a place and say, you know what? I'll give you a chance. But if you get up there preaching that mess, I'm cutting you off. You sit in your heart. That's why I sit in my heart. Everywhere I go, that's why I tell my wife. We'll give them a chance. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Joe is. Yeah, we're going to sit here and we're going we're gonna to have this preacher over here to give us a, a scripture from the old covenant. So long. Then we want this preacher over here to give me a scripture from the new covenant. Hmm. Why do he want the old covenant? And then they get him preaching. Now, I'm going to be preaching on Psalm 23. Hmm. Tell my wife. That's how she know. You see, she can see if she want it. I'm gone. Because you can't preach to me Psalm 23 in the new covenant. Psalm 23 was what Jesus said. It was his life. It was his message. 
You can't use that today to talk about salvation. Try to be real super spiritual. The Lord is my what? Shepherd and I shall not want. Making me the lie down. He ain't talking to you. He talked to Jesus. That's what Jesus said on the cross. He made him lie down in green pasture. Not you. He the sheep. Not you. You ain't no sheep. See, when you read it, you'll see it's not, it's not something you can do today. And folks will tell you, I want my pastor to preach to me. The Lord's my shepherd. I ain't preaching your Lord, your shepherd, your funeral. I'm your pastor. See, some of y'all don't get it yet. Go to Psalm 23. We're closing. You don't get it. You just don't get it. See, I have to, I have to do this here because some of y'all don't get it. Psalm 23, King, King James Version. The Lord is. The Lord is not your shepherd. The Lord is your Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying the Father is my shepherd and I shall not want. He says, he making me to lie down in green pastures. You ain't no sheep. And you ain't in no pastor. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's a sheep when he's afraid. He restores my soul. God didn't restore your soul. He saved your soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. You are the righteousness of God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you ain't walking through no valley of shadow of death. That was Jesus when he died on the cross. I will feel no evil in the Golgotha road, but thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, and that's who the word is and the spirit in his life. Thou prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's not you, that's Christ. Thou anointed my head with oil. Acts 6.38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. 10.38, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. What about doing good, healing all those who oppressed of the devil for God was with him. He anointed his head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy don't follow you. Goodness and mercy is in you. That's Old Testament. That's the spirit of God that's in you. One of the spirit of God that's in you is called goodness. Yes. Oh Lord, how great is thy goodness. He's in you now. Mercy is in you. Mercy is not walking behind you like they did him. Those were, those were spirits, angels. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I will. This is Christ saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, who is the house of the Lord? We are. Got to hear what the word says. You, 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 you get caught up with folk. I hate to tell people all, but I hate, hate to hurt their feelings. They don't know the word. They sit up in church all your life in a place where people have fed them all kind of wickedness. Then they want me to preach it. I can't preach your foolishness. I can only preach Christ. You want Christ, you want life. I can't feed you no death. You come in this church, you're going to live. 
when you come to this church, what you are saying is, I'm going to live and not die. That's what you say. Come on, get up on your feet. I believe that's what you are saying when you come to this church. And I believe that every person that comes through these doors, I believe they come here to saying, I made it. God Almighty, I made it. I've been to a lot of dead churches. How many have been to some dead churches? Some of y'all still can't say nothing. You've been sitting there too long. Come on, get up and clap your hand. Clap your hand. How many know you've been to dead churches? Whole lot of, anytime a man no ministry to the word of God, the church is dead. If the word is corrupt, that church is dead. I've seen people so dead until when the spirit of God did move on the church, they got up and ran out the church and hold him out. And went outside in the foyer and cried. Hurt me to my heart. They finally in the church, they finally felt the Spirit of God. They put their hands up and they held themselves and, and just cried. And then they got up and left out the church and cried in the foyer because they didn't want nobody to see them cry. It's all right to cry and weep in the presence of the Lord. The Lord ought to touch you while you sit in his presence. Come on, clap your hands. Thank you, Lord. Raise your hand and thank the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel, which I preach to you, which also you have received, and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain, I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And he was buried in that God raised him from the dead the third day, according to the scripture. Christ's death, bearing resurrection is the truth that saved your soul from hell. All you have to do is believe it. And when you believe it, the Holy Ghost comes into your heart and create a new man in you. Circumcise your heart from the old man and put your, on, your new, on your soul the new man. Makes you a new creation in Christ. My time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.